0: A blessed and Merry Christmas to each of you this Christmas morning, and uh, a special welcome to those of you uh, who grew up here at East Chestnut and uh, have come back uh, to be with your families. You know, uh, Christmas falls on a Sunday every several years, And uh, for those of our households that open gifts on Sunday morning, that throws all of us into a bit of a crisis. I'm glad you've all uh, weathered that one. Um, But it's also a happy occasion that uh, helps us to celebrate one of the central events of our faith, God coming to be with us in Jesus Christ. And by the way, for those of you who like to plan ahead, uh, it's going to fall on a Sunday again in 2022. (laughs) And if you really plan ahead, in 2033. Let's pray. Dear God, on this glorious morning... We ask for and we welcome a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit as we contemplate this astonishing story of how you came, how you chose to come to be with us in a vulnerable child. And we pray this morning not just for new wisdom or or new insight about this story, but we pray to be able to fall more deeply in love with you and to participate more fully in the flow of your love to those around us. And it's through and with Jesus that we pray. Amen. This past uh, July, the author, Sarah Miles, came to speak at a Lancaster Theological Seminary event, and I went to hear her because I'd read her most wonderful book, Take This Bread. If you're looking for a good book for 2017, write it down, Take This Bread. The story of how this longtime atheist and left leaning reporter came to a new and vibrant faith in Jesus Christ after receiving communion one day in a church in San Francisco. Now that's its own story. And then how she went on to start a whole food ministry that shares food with over 400 families every week from the very same communion table that I just mentioned. Now, Sarah Miles began her lecture by asking all of us a wonderful question. What is, she asked, the most important word in the Bible? Well... The uh, audience started feebly offering up certain words. God? Uh, Jesus? How about peace? Love? What would your answer be? The most important word in the Bible. Well, Sarah gave us hers. I believe she said the most important word in the Bible is with. A preposition <laughs> with. And this past week, I couldn't stop thinking about Sarah's answer. Because here we are on Christmas morning, remembering how the God who created this whole cosmos, our universe of 100 billion galaxies, 100 billion galaxies, and we're in just one of them. How the God of this vast universe came to be with us in a little child, born in the little town of Bethlehem. And what is His name but Emmanuel, God with us. Not God at us. Not God to us, but God with us. With. To help us connect with this notion more fully, I want us all to take a moment of silence. And just to remember a time in our own lives when someone's coming to be with us touched us in a way that we will never forget. Maybe bringing us a warm meal after a surgery. Or the arrival of a child. Maybe coming to pray with us when we felt completely shattered by loss or fear. Pressing money in our hand in a time of great need. Reaching out to us when we felt especially vulnerable or isolated. You see, dear friends, experiences like this help to show us that in our hour of need, there is nothing, nothing, nothing like someone coming to be with us. And they also help us to appreciate and to fall in love with the God who comes to be with us in Jesus. You see, for centuries, the Hebrew prophets had been telling their people about Yahweh's ways of steadfast love and shalom and justice. But God's ways are so contrary to the empire's ways of greed and violence that they need to actually be touched and to be seen and to be physically experienced in order to be believed. Only embodiment, incarnation, can rescue God's liberating ways from being dismissed, set aside as sheer fantasy, utopianism, insanity. And so, as our Bible says so lyrically, the Word becomes flesh. And dwells among us. Pitches a tent in our midst. No more getting things lost in translation. God is now embedded among us. In the vulnerable child of a poor peasant woman. Laid in a manger in a forgotten corner of the Roman Empire. Ponder this. Just ponder this. God so loves us. I think one of the most important words is so. (laughs) God so loves the world that God is willing to enter into every single aspect of our human condition. Ponder that. The warmth of Joseph's arms, yes. The nourishment of Mary's breasts, yes. But also the extreme vulnerability of sleeping in a cold stable. The screaming pain of circumcision. The terror of the Roman Empire's approaching death squads. And even the great anxiety of becoming a refugee an alien in far away Egypt. And because our Lord Jesus has experienced every aspect of our human reality, all our joy, all our pain, all our beauty, all of our brokenness, He is able to sympathize fully with us. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen, nobody that is, but Jesus. And He reveals to us a God who doesn't just want to save us, and God does, but God doesn't want to do something to us. God wants to be in intimate relationship with us a much deeper level. Indeed, after the resurrection, what are Jesus' final words? To his disciples and to you and to me, I am with you. I am with you always. I am with you always to the end of the age. The author Richard Foster has called our Lord's with usness the Emmanuel principle, the Emmanuel principle, and this past week has been a joy to think about all the ways that this Emmanuel principle, this embodied withness, withness <laughs> is happening here at East Chestnut caroling last Sunday for our neighbors and those in prison, dropping in to be with Patricia at Hamilton Arms and with Francis and Tim at Fiddle Creek after the birth of little St. Nicholas, little Nicholas. (laughs) Being with Midge, After the loss of her dear older brother. Sharing a Christmas meal downstairs tomorrow with our neighbors. Preparing to be with the al-Mahasne family from Syria. In just ten days they're coming. Ten days. And in four weeks being with women and children at the YWCA's winter shelter. And dear friends, one of you donated your bed frame so that Debbie can sleep in an unbroken bed. I hope one of you can still be with her in offering your pickup, your van, or your hatchback sometime this week so that she doesn't have to sleep on a broken bed as she's been doing for months You see, dear Chestnutters, the Emmanuel principle, it's not just the principle of our Lord's life. It is also meant to be the principle of our own lives as well. And so this morning, let us each receive this word with and carry it into this new and incredibly and politically uncertain year before us. With. In fact, if someone asks you at the office or school this next week what you got for Christmas, you can tell them, I got a preposition. With. Carry it with you into this year. As neighbors and parents and colleagues and classmates, let us ask ourselves this coming year, Are we trying to do things to others? Are we trying to do things for others? Or are we trying to do things with them? In fact, I think that's a pretty good question for pastors as well, don't you think? Are we trying to do things at our people, for our people, or with you? Good question. You know, one last intriguing thing that Sarah Miles said in her lecture? Doing things to others, doing stuff for them. I think she said this out of experience. She says it invariably leads to burnout. Only doing things with with others is ultimately sustainable. So friends, in our increasingly virtual reality world, in our world of proliferating fake news stories, you and me showing up to be with others physically is still the most precious gift that we can give to any other human being the most precious gift. And why do we keep on showing up to be with others? Because God did. Amen.